0: Welcome back to the Hall Pass Podcast Season 4. Thank you to the Admission Masters for sponsoring us as we are so excited to be able to bring you guys new content, special guests, and everything that you want to hear this season. Uh, I'm your host, Jenny Wheatley, and today I have with me Jay, Richard, and Punkage. Hello. <laughs> Um, So while we were planning on having a UPenn guest on our show today due to some unforeseen technical difficulties, we aren't able to have him on today. However, we did get a request uh, from several people Uh, And listeners who said, could you please do some sort of mailbag? Could you, you know, just read a bunch of questions that people have sent you uh, and answer those questions? You know, we we just haven't been able to because we um, have had special guests on the show. So uh, to take a little break from the special guests, we're going to go ahead and do mailbag with the admission. I mean, (laughs) with the Hall Pass podcast uh, today. So we have a few questions that parents have asked. Are there some good um, ones? really good ones uh, that I've seen. I'm going to go ahead and ask those questions and my boys here will take turns um, answering the questions for you guys as well. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started on our quick episode today. Mailbag question number one. Which school is the best college, I'm assuming college, if you want to become the best engineer in the world? Do I really need to get a college degree? Is college even, even important? Uh, great question from our listeners. I feel like a lot of times, college can seem trivial, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, anyone of you guys I'll, take I'll start
1: away? by taking this off. Um, so this immediately harkens to me, kind of a, a grander, more macro question discussion about trade schools versus the conventional college and, and bachelor's degree approach. Um, I want to start with an anecdote. One of the most brilliant engineers that I know of um, didn't attend college. Uh, he worked out of a garage in his uh in his parents house and he ended up racking up his own business from that and building um a website kind of uh empire so to speak of mm. specialized car equipments and things like that he was super into hondas and souping it up you know high school kind of things thing expected um, <laughs> but he was a brilliant engineer and the the irony of it all is that he didn't go to college and he learned it all online which tends to be the case nowadays, like if you really want to go above and beyond and learn something, a skill or craft, oftentimes you don't really need to go to an institution to develop the skills. Now, then the question becomes, why do we then go to institutions to develop the skills or Mm -hmm. do those kinds of things? And I have to be pretty frank about it. Why would I go to college if I can learn something else completely the same online? It's because the college offers more than just the skills that you learn, the lessons that you need to take. Um, I think a lot of students will come to realize how important it is to go to college and make social connections. I do believe that college is where you're going to essentially meet the group of friends and networking type of people that, uh, you may depend on for the next 40 years of your professional career. Mm Uh, another reason why is because college is in many ways a name card. It's like a first step in the door. I, I have a very simple scenario to pose to students who think that the name of a college doesn't matter. Um, Let's say you run a multi-billion dollar company. You became famous. You you made like the next Google or something and you're deciding to take a break. You want to go to the Bahamas or something and relax. So you need to hire an assistant. And so you put out an ad asking for a hire to help manage your company. In comes two applicants, one from Harvard and then another one from, I don't want to choose another school. I feel JC. bad about it. From a junior college, right? I
0: feel bad about
1: it. At this point, you have to be honest with yourself. Who are you going to give the first phone call to? Who are you going to give the first interview to? And this becomes self evident in so many other aspects of life. Like, for example, um, my parents had cancer and they're fine now, they're survivors. Um, I remember when my, my parent was diagnosed, I remember going online and looking for the best surgeon that was possible. And I was looking for, you know, UCSF surgeons, yeah, yeah, Harvard yeah, yeah. Medical. Because yeah, yeah. at that point, I wanted what was best for my family. Right. And so there is a sense of credit that colleges carry in terms of their name and prestige, and I think it would be very naive to disregard that credit, that value that it can pose.
0: I love that answer. And I think that, um, you know, that doesn't that doesn't it doesn't mean that the educational system and the higher ed system right now is broken, as you guys know, with scandals and all of these things like, you know, there the system, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of issues with the system itself. But I think because our world, right, our entire world is so evident when it comes to name value, when it comes to. Right, the reason the uh, the Ivy Leagues are the coveted Ivy Leagues are because they've gotten that name for themselves, right? Like Mm. somehow we, the population, have allowed them to be the almighty Ivy League. Um, And because we value that as as humans, I think that's kind of something that just naturally occurs, right?
1: A cynical way of explaining it is influence peddling. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go to Harvard, you carry a lot of gravitas. And that gravitas, that influence value is what people, especially students don't recognize until you get into the job sector, until you get into the real world market. Trade schools, don't get me wrong, I think we could talk on a macro scale about automation and how we're concerned about low cognition jobs becoming, you know, obsolete and how some engineering jobs, even with a great degree, if you don't position yourself in the right way, isn't really going to pay out. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of electricians now, plumbers, these trade jobs that are making and raking in six figure salaries because there's a high demand for it and everyone else instead is going to college. on the flip side you can make a counter argument you just look at the statistics Uh, if you graduate from high school and look for employment i think the net um average uh, salary is around thirty-six thousand dollars a year the moment you go to college it's around 55 to 60. Mm -hmm. if you do the math there you make a half a million more dollars in your lifetime if you go to college Mm -hmm. so the simple solution there is go to college kids Um, (laughs) i mean if you look
2: at it from different perspectives you look at it from a microscopic perspective individuals like your friend who made websites yeah um there's, car parts the, yeah there's websites, success stories yeah. all over the place bill gates the mm-hmm. greatest probably success story dropped out of college and built microsoft or made microsoft mm-hmm. um you're always gonna have those micro so at a, at a micro level you're gonna find cases like that but it's high risk with right. high reward at a macro level when you look at the statistics you just pumped out with the college um average degrees you know mm-hmm. at a macro level so uh, <laughs> Ultimately, when you look at it from a forest view, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a risk assessment type of thing. And how risky do you want to be as an individual? Do you, you know, it, gives you, it gives you a card already. You have a college degree. You've been vetted. You, you, an employer, that person going that on that vacation, isn't going to look at the Harvard degree guy or JC. It's, it gives them credit. Mm-hmm. It gives right. him or her right. credit already. Mm-hmm. They've been vetted. That You know they're academics. You know where they're coming from to mm-hmm. a degree. Mm-hmm. That Harvard graduate can also be a failure. It mm. could just be all smoke and mirrors, right? Mm-hmm. So all that, all those kind of things at the at the micro level. But then at the macro level, when you're talking about generalities, you know that's something to consider. At that level, the
1: whole um, um, sorry to taking up all the airtime here, but that Bill Gates thing is something I used to say to my parents. So my parents, conventional Asians, would be like, you know, you got to go to ha- ha- about this Temple du Princeton and Yale, right? <laughs> Wait, about Haba du H Y P S, brother. Is that Harvard. Harvard, Yale, Princeton, and wow, Stanford. that's even worse than Harvard. <laughs> Harvard. <laughs> Harvard. So my parents would push <laughs> for that, <laughs> right? And so they'd push for it and push for it. And then we get older. We have culture clash, right? As a, a Korean American, I'm going to... St- and someone who's been compelled to focus on my education and to build my intellect, to be curious, to ask questions, I'm going to ask a natural question back. Why Harvard? right and i think a lot of parents don't feel like they have to develop an answer to that just say Mm -hmm. because i said so because it's good for you you'll find out yeah and i think that is also something that we can work on as parents to kind of be able to realize we also have to adapt as parents with the generation being able to explain to them rather than just saying you should do this we told you so Mm -hmm. but anyways i used to bring up that counter argument all the time but look mom bill gates he dropped out of harvard yeah the thing Mm -hmm. is
3: Robert the story is a lot more Gates. complex than that, <laughs> There's a right? hundred well, people who dropped that you who can are make, not successful. You can
1: make that argument, but you can also mm-hmm. argue the fact that Bill Gates came from a more affluent background. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys aren't aware, Gates, that's a huge law firm if you go to New York. I, I'm not sure if it's New York, mm-hmm. but he comes from a wealthy background, and they were able to offer him that financial support so mm-hmm. he can be an entrepreneur. So you yeah. can hedge against uh, f- failure if it doesn't work. Exactly, yeah, and, yeah. It, and in addition to that, he went to Harvard for a year. There's a network potential yeah, There's connections yeah, yeah. There. yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's really the key point that I'm trying yeah. to point out to my students these days that S- some students will, will push
2: back and say um, well in your 20s or your young 20s is when you want to make mistakes that's when you want to try to be an entrepreneur and, and, and fail and keep failing because you have that kind of time on your side right and that's a good point yeah you know but yeah. again this is that's the good thing about this country is that you know a college degree is not the end-all be-all mm-hmm. it, you're playing it's the, just the you're, start you're playing the numbers game here it's just you, know, the start. you can be an entrepreneur also and Yeah. You can, be the a million dollar electrician and also there's
0: only one bill gates in the world you guys if you're saying bill gates i could be bill gates well Mm -hmm. that's great that's very ambitious but like that's one person in the world that was you know able to do what what he did um,
1: so props to Bill Gates. Yeah. Bill Gates. <laughs> if you ever
0: want to come on our show, just let us know.
1: I guess what I'm trying to emphasize there is students who are using the whole Bill Gates didn't go to college. I yeah. don't need to go to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might want to look deeper Mark, into that because that's, that's a, it's like a it's a mischaracterization of his real circumstances. Right. Um, it's not a good example, students, for you to give to your parents to say, this is why I don't need to go to college. Um, so I'm going to suggest you don't bring that up. It's look into it guys. (laughs) That was a good question for the mailbag.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Um, I get another question was I get sucked into the internet vortex and (laughs) I can easily waste three to four hours of free time binge watching. I'm assuming YouTube, Netflix, reading things. I'm, I'm assuming Blogs, Wikipedia. right um, or Wikipedia. How can I self-regulate this habit? How do I overcome laziness? Oof. Oh my gosh, what a question. <laughs> First, the
1: honesty, this three to four crazy. hours of bench time. Probably add a couple more hours to it, probably talking 68 hours of bench yeah, time for this some. Person,
0: this person didn't even put like a, a, a video games and I think that's a lot of that's something that a lot of people
1: mm. fall into, right?
3: Who wants to take this one? I, mean, How do I, you, I think yeah. that whenever you're trying to do something... Um, and you get caught into this trap of like just pushing it off later and later, oftentimes it's because things are starting to build up and you just don't want to tackle it, you know, tackle anything because there's so much to do. And I think, honestly, the first thing that, because I've, you know, found myself caught in the same traps too. Yeah. Um, I feel like we the things that have helped out, yeah. me yeah. the most have has just been kind of working on chipping away at it doing the small things first the things that can be easily done in like five minutes ten minutes answering an email getting this quick assignment done and once i start doing it even if i just tell myself i'll just do this for five minutes really quickly i honestly just keep going right I, i the you know it's it's started to kind of build um, my productivity has built. And so once mm-hmm. I get a few things done, I find myself just kind of working on more things. So once you can get that initiative to just start, oftentimes you just kind of keep going. I feel like that's a, mm. that's a good way to try overcoming that too.
0: Starting is the hard part.
3: Yeah. Starting, it's the toughest part. Yeah. It's hard.
2: I've, I've caught myself too. I mean, I, I cut the cable cord I haven't had cable for years, but then all the shows I feel like that are on Netflix or Amazon Prime Video or whatever, they're built with cliffhangers. And then I can find myself easily burning hours myself. And you know, I, I don't know who told me, but there was like a study done where the receptors of the brain that are activated when you start watching this or kind of idle time or your phone. Are mm-hmm. the same receptors mm-hmm. that are triggered, like when you take cocaine, or yeah, yeah. the dopamine, mm-hmm. dopamine, dopamine receptors. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, it, there's there's some chemical, biological balance imbalance going on there, that that these manufacturers and show creators and people have created to mm-hmm. to make this a real thing. And and so if I'm getting if I'm susceptible to it, as we all are to a degree, I'm sure kids are easily susceptible. Yeah, susceptible to yeah it absolutely. Too, you know? I think
3: too, like maybe one of the reasons why some students find themselves to be really lazy and not productive is because they I mean I guess you you want to ask yourself why like what is it about you know your your uh, unproductivity that is you know that, that's making you not do things and I feel like sometimes it's a fear of failure or mm-hmm. a fear of like not wanting you know, like thinking well even if I do this like you know what's gonna happen like I'm, I'm gonna do bad on this test anyway so why study mm-hmm. or what I'm gonna you know yeah, I'm that, not gonna that, pass that, my class anyways or I'm gonna get a B in the class anyways, so mm-hmm. you know why do my assignment now or and I dis- feel like or they dismiss themselves saying I'm not a math person right exactly. Or I'm not an English person mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and I feel like that that fear of failure oftentimes pushes you to not want to take that first step that action to to, to try to become a little bit more productive, but mm-hmm. just like we were talking about earlier, I feel like, you know, at a certain point, you have to, you know, embrace that fear of failure and you have to be willing to fail and and just knowing that it's okay and that, you know, you'll bounce back is is a good way for you to start realizing, maybe I should just start working on this now, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't turn out the way I want it to.
1: So I want to oh, add to that, tough. you know, at a certain point, I, I, I'm taking all of this advice and trying to put myself into the boots of a listener and I see, Um, a theme that we referenced to in previous seasons where it's a lot to do with parenting. Uh, Obviously, we are dealing more with high school students nowadays, and um, we have to deal with what they've got. But if we can turn back time, and as a parent right now, if you're a listener and you have younger children, maybe in elementary school, um, it's all about deciding whether you want to focus on the result versus the effort and what you want to praise. Do you want to praise the student for getting the first place prize, or do you want to praise the student for trying his or her best? If you consistently focus on the results, then you end up with what I call excuse students. Mm. Students who run into what Counselor Vincent was saying, oh I'm just don't think I'll get the A, so I'm not going to try. Oh I don't think, because a lot of that to me is just intrinsically a result-based I guess, like parenting culture that then creates a miss or like 100% success or nothing. And there's no middle ground. There's no spectrum that you can work in. Um, Another thing I'm going to point to, um, if you are struggling with bad habits, you are wasting time. Um, I have two kind of sources I want you to go to. They're both TED Talks. One of them is by Judson Brewer, and it's a beautiful 10 minute video about a simple way to break a habit. And what you need to realize that if you're wasting time, if you are mm-hmm. deciding instead of doing homework to go into video games or deciding to go into Netflix and binging, mm-hmm. that itself is what is what I would characterize as a habit. And you got to identify it as that. It's, my, it's habitual for me mm-hmm. to want to put aside my homework and instead do Netflix. And so. The question is, how do we break these kinds of habits? And uh, again, about, I recommend Judson Brewer. Well,
2: just give us the, the top headline. What does is, what is Brewer kind of opine? Do you remember? It's, it? It? it's
1: hard for me to summarize it, mm-hmm. but yeah. one of the techniques would be about mindfulness. Um, it's about being uh, like very aware of the time you are spending and how you can do that. Um, I just suggest you take a look 10 mm-hmm. minutes of your time. Trust me, it's worth it. Another thing is that um, it's another video. It's from Matt Cutts. And it's uh, the title of it is try something new for 30 days. Sometimes the reason why you feel lethargic is because you are in a rut and you're in a grind and you're looking for a new flavor, or a new spice in life. Mm. So studying can be a grind until you learn a new way to do it. For example, I know this sounds really cheesy, but I used to study and do book reports and I used to hate them until my parents bought me color coded post-it notes. And then I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, my God. I can no, use we-
1: red for conflicts. <laughs> and so I'm going to go through all of my novel points and conflicts. I'm going put oh in red. Oh, my God. And then blue for the character. That's how I feel with character. highlighters. With highlighters? Yeah. Okay, so that's your thing. Well, like
0: when my mom bought like color-coded or like, like yeah. the big highlighter yeah. box, I was like, this is There's life. Like I want, <laughs> yeah. I want, I want everything on this. Yeah. And I just started my highlighting everything <laughs> or like pens, yeah. like color coded pens. Or I told a student whiteboards, like wow. yeah. my young yeah. students who you love whiteboard. <laughs> what? Special. I use one color. Highlighter. What? <laughs> I use one highlighter. You guys? On my pretty much well, you have to find what Jay said. You have to find what it is. It's going to make you want to study.
1: Yes. That's what I'm trying right? to say. Yeah. Those post-it colors. You. Highlighter
0: uh, colors, markers, yeah, whiteboards. I like that. Yeah, find yeah. something
1: that gets you excited. Yeah, but why, why, but
0: yeah. yeah That days could be chocolate.
2: Suggestion. Yeah. 30 days, giving it time to bake in?
1: Yeah, because you know everything has a learning curve. Right. Um, I used to hate cello because if you really look at cello, it's a 10 year minimum learning curve till you really get an expertise and an understanding. Mm-hmm. It's kind of learning how to ride a bike, right? Mm-hmm. We all hopefully know how to learn how to ride a bike. It's Southern California, ladies and gentlemen, let's go out there a little bit, right? <laughs> but when you're riding a bike, the first time you ride, there's an initial excitement, but then there's the pain because you fall mm. and you trip and then there's the anxiety of like oh my god can I handle my b-? or maybe you're going faster so but the learning curve of learning how to ride a bike is very minimal the steep curve is not there so immediate gratification is something that we strive towards bikes are closer towards that cello not immediate gratification ladies and gentlemen it's like a 10 year grind before you can finally get the comfort zone with it where you really enjoy and relax the experience with the experience mm-hmm. so a lot of things take more time you're Mm -hmm. gonna have to grind through it so um we're just saying minimum 30 days try something new
3: I like the mindfulness aspect of that because that's something that I felt like was really useful for me when I was in grad school too. But this this idea that just being aware and being present yeah, Richard
0: love mindfulness. I
3: well, do. I've like been really. mindfulness no, but for just so long. Being being aware of like what's happening right in front of you, appreciating the process, right? Not just thinking of it as it's a grind. I have to get I through it that. just for the journey. But yeah. Realizing like yeah, this might suck right now, but be here with it. And just experience it and appreciate it for what it is, even if it's really hard. Oftentimes, just that mindset can make it easier for you to get through these challenging moments. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: I love good. that. I love that. Um, so, thanks, guys. This is great. I think uh, taking all of these, uh, you know, tips into consideration, and let us know: did it work for you? Did it not work for you? We'd love to, you know, hear your your experiences. Uh, another person said, hi, Hall Pass Podcast. I love listening to you on my car ride to work. I currently have a son who is a sophomore in high school and wants to look into service academies. What should he be doing now to try to get into his dream school, which is uh, USMA, so I'm assuming West Point?
1: West Point. Uh,
3: I'll st- I, oh, sorry. Take no, I'll it away, Richard. S- sorry. I um, Yeah, we've had a few students want to go to these service academies. Um, most of what you're going to be doing for for service academies, I feel like you start doing it once you're a, junior that's when you start looking into like congressional nominations Um, Just so that you're aware, if you want to apply to service academies, you need a congressional nomination from either your district representative, uh, either of your two senators, or you can potentially get one from the vice president President of the United States. Um, But as a sophomore, if you're interested in USMA, I think the main thing is just, uh, number one, focusing on your academics. Uh, West Point is extremely difficult to get accepted to, not just because you need to show physical aptitude, but also because uh, you need to be intellectually Um, capable as well. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be definitely looking at your grades and your test scores for these schools too. Mm -hmm. Um, Beyond that, taking advantage of any leadership opportunities, especially again for service academies, they want to accept leaders. So whether that's the captain of a sports team or a cabinet member for a club that you're a part of, um, you do want to try your best to become a leader throughout your sophomore and junior year. So you can kind of boost your resume in that way. Um, And then finally, again, I've mentioned this, but you do need to show physical aptitude as well. So oftentimes, you know. the, the students who are involved in varsity sports or the captain of a varsity sports team, it's these people who are getting accepted to these schools. Um, so participating in sports, um, you know, practicing what's called the candidate fitness assessment early on so you know what requirements will be, um, will be made for you, you need to make sure that you're working on that too. And then once you become a junior, you can start looking into the other requirements that will be necessary to mm-hmm. apply to West Point. Do they publish
2: their acceptance rates? West yeah. Point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I can look it up right now since this is a free-for-all. Yeah. uh, Trying to to stump you there, Richard. Yeah, the (laughs) underclassmen,
1: you definitely want to start prepping yourself towards a West Point theme, military theme. So that could be things like joining NJROTC if your school offers it. Doing Mm -hmm. Um, athletics. Doing athletics, as Vincent mentioned earlier. Um, There's also... Outside organizations from school that you can be a part of um, such as I know Irvine has like the Irvine police cadets or police Naval sea cadets cadets, things that you can find pretty locally. They're not that hard to find if you just do a couple of Google searches Because when you're when you're asking
0: for your congressional nomination You have to show them that like one of the things you they need to know is why you would want to serve the country Like why do you want to go to a school where you would you know have to serve the country? Yeah. Um, and they want to know that that you're passionate. And so, having like Sea Cadet experience or the Irvine Police Academy kind of already shows your desire Commitment. to be servant. Yeah to, yeah, to serve the community. So, later
1: on, you have to write that essay. And um, many of the nomination requests will come with like a 600 word. Why do you want to serve in the military? Yeah. And so you got to be able to answer that and being able to point to NJROTC experiences or varsity team captain as a leader experiences can help you have more tangible ways of expressing in those essays why
3: you want to go to a military academy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: To answer your question, Punky, uh, West Point's acceptance rate is 10%, or at least that's what it was in 2015. Yeah, but it's highly, highly selective. Very yeah, selective. Very yeah. selective. That so, so there's uh, not
2: like, there's not like ten or twenty of these service academies, there's only a handful. Right? Four f- five, five, five. Five, right? Yeah. The Naval Academy, Naval Academy, the Air
0: Force Academy,
1: West, West Point, Point. Coast Guard. And, and then, then Merchant, merchant Marines. Marines. Merchant,
2: Marines? Yeah. merchant <laughs> Marines. That's why we normally <laughs> say
1: four, but I'm not trying to cast any shade. There's five. There's <laughs> five. Merchant Marines. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. The C F A, the candidate fitness assessment. Can you give us a sense of like What you need to yeah, do Yeah like I'm a high school like boy push-up? There's a mile like
2: you have to do no, yeah, There's
1: a so mile you, that you have to do <laughs> I looked it up Here it is You have to And I know this from experience Because previous students One of my you, students actually You tried it. out didn't you <laughs> I did For West Point <laughs> Application What did you do to prepare Cello, uh, cello player Cello 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 So you have my to do My fingers are really You agile. have to do a basketball throw um, That's an interesting one what? So you, you come you're on, you're on your knees No and way And you have to lift up a basketball Over your head And you have to overhead toss it and you te- you have to try to pass half court oh, wow. so it's a it's like what? a tr- torso strength throwing strength mm-hmm. um there are cadence pull-ups um that you have to do there's a 40 yard oh, shuttle run I- and they're timing you on that you said pull-ups <laughs> <laughs> i can get to maybe a half there's a certain number of push-ups you have to complete Funkers, in two minutes
0: okay can't go to west point there's
1: crunches that you have to do in two minutes and then there's a one mile run that
3: gets timed and i do believe it's like Something it's like, serious. It's five n- five minutes and twenty seconds. No, that's, it's not. That's what it
0: says. No, it's not. I think it's like eight minutes.
3: Is that maximum performance score. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right. like, maximum no, <laughs> that's like an Olympian. Like, <laughs> like I can't
0: run crazy. a mile five in minute, five minutes.
1: Second mile. That's pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. yeah I ain't yeah, gonna yeah. make it in this year.
0: Anyways, guys. <laughs> You got to exercise. But yeah.
1: yeah, um, girls too, they have, uh, do girls have a separate CFA assessment? That's actually a really interesting question. That is interesting That
0: is question. an interesting question.
1: I'm going to have to look into that and um, maybe we'll come back to this. Yeah. Wait, do
3: the girls have a different one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: I bet it's harder because girls are stronger.
3: Uh I do believe girls are stronger. <laughs> That's a different ways. question, not <laughs> from
0: the mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> not for this podcast. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, question another too. question is: What is something new or significant you learned from the past application season that you want to you would want to convey to high school students and parents? So, first of all, I just I just want to because that question came up. Um, we matriculated very well this year. Uh, overall, our high school students just did very very well. Um, we had multiple students get accepted to Stanford. Multiple get into Yale, multiple get into Harvard, Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's just kind of showed and validated the work that our students have done and the work that our counselors have done uh, at admission masters also, but more so there, I want to say in some ways I've seen an impact that this Um, particular like scandal had on some of my students like experiences and their results and um, I don't you know I I can't speak for admission officers across the nation but I do think that that kind of the scandal reverberated and it I think it influenced some of the decisions that they ultimately had to make Um, little things such as if you had a student who were more involved in outside of school activities than they were inside of school activities there is a little bit more of a, um, I guess they they didn't, uh, skepticism. yeah, there's a little bit more skepticism. They didn't do as well in the admissions, despite the fact that their academics were still very strong. And I think little things of that nature made a little bit of an impact in the past, you know, this past application season. Um, I've also noticed that um, essays have become a little bit more creative Um, prompts have become more creative colleges have uh, added more prompts or taken out prompts um, that were too straightforward and wanted uh, prompts that were a little bit more creative allowed people students to think more creatively so those were some things that i saw i also saw especially berkeley um, some of my students who didn't have the highest academics but still got accepted mm. um, and I don't know if that was like Berkeley just taking a chance on you know a potential student but I but I also noticed that Berkeley this year matriculation was a lot um, I guess the, the academics my students academics are a little bit not as high as they were previous years I guess Go,
2: going back to your scandal um, identification and trend you saw this year I think it's here to stay honestly yeah. because um I think they're going to check into things more. Yeah. Um, states are going to pass heighten laws. Security. There's going to be some kind of regulation. Yeah. I think this. It was national news. It was yeah. a big scandal. Yeah. And so I think it's going to. There's going to be more insight into yeah, it yeah, from yeah, an yeah. admissions perspective. Yeah. So.
0: I don't think it's going to change the admissions process that much, but I think mm. like what you said, like heightening security and mm. um, having more verification processes, mm. like checkpoints. I guess. Uh, I, I think. I feel like a lot
3: of that might be just them. Speaking out of their butts. Yeah, know but I feel like they want to make it sound like they're they're doing checking more security theater. I mean, when you think about like actually, but I hear implementing those yeah. tens of thousands or, like, of applications. Actually, yeah. yeah, you know. So to- I was wondering the same thing, mm-hmm. but then I
2: I read some stories about uh, state legislators passing laws, mm. and that's tangible stuff. Like you yeah, know, looking into things, right it has to be this, or check this. You know, yeah. it's getting regulated and from a. In a, a government perspective, perspective, yeah, perspective. I was like, oh, yeah, okay,
3: things are actually happening. This is yeah. gonna, this is gonna be interesting. In the next yeah. few years, kind of how far it goes, you yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, I know that some students who are at um, USC who actually graduated already uh, and earned their degrees, USC retroactively uh, pulled, their pulled their degrees. Their degrees. Yeah. Because they were, um, they, they found them. out that they they got accepted by like bribing coaches or something. Wow! Like those yeah. lines. Wow. So they they spent four years there. They graduated, <laughs> and then they said, "Oh, wait, you're not. Sorry. your degree doesn't count anymore." Wow. Sorry, not sorry.
0: <laughs> sorry, you're not. You're so not. I guess they can do things like Trojan. that. But
3: so they're, they're private. That's yeah. the thing. So,
2: uh, private schools can do a lot of things, and you can. There's a lot of that like legacy and and under the cover kind of stuff that goes on. It's private mm-hmm. schools, but when state schools get involved and things like that, that's just You know, that's state dollars, basically, tax dollars going and stuff like that. But anyways, it's just very interesting how this is all unfolding currently and probably into the future.
1: I want to move on to another question, but I want my two cents here. Yeah. Um, Vincent, I think that you're on the bolder end of saying like, granted, the sheer amount of grunt work, busy work that's required to create a verification that we want is relatively unfeasible right it's hard for us to imagine in our minds but i'm also looking at it from an administration point of view that at the end of the day a scandal this big every responsible institution should have some sort of response to that yeah they should have some sort of a uh, a sense of for our own security let's make sure that we Uh, create a little bit more of a verification process here. So I do think that they're going to take and implement more steps. It's just the question of how they're going to do so, and I'm pretty excited to find out what they do for next season. Um, Yeah. What I learned, what I learned um, over the past season here, uh, it's harder and harder for international students to get accepted to top 20 schools. I'm I'm starting to see that there's a lot more challenge there. I do believe some of that has to do with the fact that there are just every year, a it's huge rise yeah. in just sheer volume yeah. of international applicants. Yeah. Um, so, first kind of tip if you can get US citizenship <laughs> um, or, or, green it, or green resident. card permanent yeah, resident, yeah. I honestly do think that has a factor. It, it can make a difference. I thought you were going to say, get over that wall. <laughs> oh, wow. That's politically charged. I'm we're not, not sure going to talk about that on
0: this podcast today. For more on that's, that's that, that's
3: Hall Pass Podcast After Dark. <laughs> after dark. <laughs> Uh, what else did I learn? Yeah,
0: no, 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 that's good. International yeah. students, like even our international students who did have a green card did way better than international students yeah. who did
1: not, right? I yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. So being an international student is just hard. It's just, just hard. Sore, rockin' a hard spot. Yeah. Um, what else did I learn? I learned honestly, that we still have this dissonance as a parent culture of what gets a student accepted. It's not just your grades and test scores. It's the intangible things, it's your personality, it's the way you socialize with your teachers and counselors, and it shows through your teacher recommendations, the interviews that you do or do not do. Um, Parents, if you are very concerned, we shouldn't be asking, oh my god, should I take this AP course, or oh my god, should I be doing this? Those are the mechanical decisions that I feel have very clear answers to them. The things that aren't being addressed is, how is your son or daughter's personality like, right? Um, are they outgoing, are they vibrant, are Are they they intellectually, are they resilient, are they persistent, Um, we often focus so much on the mechanical things like the course list, what test score they should get, that we often forget, I would argue, the most important part of the educational aspect, which is their sense of self-growth, Yeah, the person. so parents, um, I'm not trying to put a black sheep or cast you all out, but I do think, especially in Asian cultures, we just need to start focusing on this more and more,
0: let's do better, Let's do better in raising, like, uh, compassionate, you know, proactive societal members.
1: I like that. Compassionate.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay, last but not least, what have you found to be the most effective strategies in motivating a student? I think this goes back to kind of the other person saying that they fall into the realm of, yeah, the laziness. But like, well, what have we done? I mean, let's talk about that. Punkage, why don't we start with you? Like, what have you done to motivate your kids? I mean, I know one of your kids are very self-motivated, but... (laughs) But you know, not not all of them are, right? (laughs) Right, right. We won't name any names. We won't name any. They're all my favorites. Yeah, they're all great. They're all fantastic. You're good, dude. You're
1: good.
2: We we love you, Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) Motivating students is is, is tough. Personality. I I like what Jay. I think Jay Richard. One of you guys were saying, talking about the process or valuing the process. I think Richard, you talked about it. Uh, Self reflection. I think is important. Understanding that there's only a, a finite amount of time in the day. Um, to accomplish things and finding out what that is so that's why an hour here an hour there two hours here two hours there can can evaporate really quickly if you're yeah. interested in a lot of things so making those kind of priority decisions and self-reflecting on your day what you could have done better if you were to I, I try to tell them as as a dad and i'm not i don't know if i'm doing a good job or not but i mean like you're doing a great job punkish. it's just whatever i'm winging it you i'm know reserving I mean?
1: judgment <laughs> <laughs> continue okay okay we'll, we'll,
3: we'll see how they turn out <laughs> but
2: um you know like embrace the process you know thing it, doing hard work and working hard and practicing or, or whatever goes a long way and then if you tried your best you tried your best mm-hmm. but if you try your best without hard work or without practice or without giving it the time in the process that you mm-hmm. need then you know you can you really evaluate if that was your best yeah 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 you know and so just those like high level um compassion things that you were talking about the the earlier terms those are very important and i think everyone's gonna have different personalities so yeah there's not a one-size-fits-all to every child at least not for my children there's a variety of techniques and things that resonate with each of them Some will work for my one daughter or won't work for my other daughter. And so I have to adjust and adapt as a parent and not think that my way or the highway. I don't like to go with that kind of attitude because... I've learned obviously in the last 10 years that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> with my kids. So yeah. I got I got to kind of be nimble and, and move around and figure things out and I'm still figuring it out. I don't know what will work. Yeah, with yeah, well, yeah, let yeah. me yeah. so
1: we're we're trying to figure out the most effective strategies as a parent. Let me ask what you. Motivation? How do you motivate your kids to get something done like a chore done? Is, is it the stereotypical your the typical uh Parent thing Reward based system Like you guys Give them an allowance Or like $20 For doing the dishes yeah, for Yeah or you can call that bribe, $20 Bribery, bribery. That's a lot of money Sheesh. You know it's 2019 Inflation <laughs> In I Southern California t- boys <laughs> I,
2: I used to tell myself When I had one child I used to tell myself I'd, I'd never do that Like a reward system And bribery It's like your duty You gotta do it But uh, now after three kids I I unabashedly bribe them i give ice cream here ice cream yeah i give i
0: give mini m&ms to jordan if he eats uh if he takes his medicine
1: ah so i i I tried doing that and that's been pretty effective for some students like at the beginning of the semester or the quarter depending on how you want to break it down let's say quarter Mm -hmm. right we give them a goal let's say if you get straight a's then i'm going to talk to your mom and we're going to talk about that new iphone 10 yeah So sometimes the bribery aspect is good. It's just that you have to do it in the right way.
0: It's not intrinsic. I understand. You're not not giving them intrinsic motivation. motivation,
1: Yeah. But sometimes extrinsic
2: motivation is what a student will need. Yeah. So I think you you hit on it. You both hit on it that there's intrinsic motivators and extrinsic extrinsic motivators. motivators, Right. And you got to kind of use a balance of both or some kind of techniques on both. Absolutely. Some some people need a 70-30 ratio. Some people need a 50-50 ratio. There's all sorts of things that could work.
1: If you have like a Zen Buddha of a son then intrinsic motivation is all he needs. Then be my guest nope. and do that. Yeah. But I feel a like Zen parents... Buddha, a
2: Zen Buddhist student would take 50-50 because they're ultimately oh balanced. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not into that. I
1: don't... <laughs> all right. But like, I think a lot of parents nice, need to realize you have to, you have to do both. Yeah. Um, I Especially in Asian culture, we think intrinsic is all that matters. You must do your duty. You do must your do duty, your yeah. job, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I feel like... You must do your duty. Yeah. You d- your duty is to so that'll give you a good, a good student. Student. so yeah. that
2: will work until the son or daughter or student becomes 13 14, aware 15. aware <laughs> awoke <laughs> awoke <laughs> and, then and starts asking God. why yeah exactly and once they start asking things. why like why is it my duty what is yeah like, yeah, they'll yeah start yeah, asking yeah. those practical questions that's part of the growth process right? Yeah. right right so that's what i'm saying like it's limited in age and as you grow as an individual
1: My effective strategy at the beginning of a semester, at the beginning of a journey, set a clear goal with the student and then set a reward mechanism. The extrinsic motivation, I'm unabashedly going to suggest that. Use it, yeah. Intrinsically, I'd say a lot of times students don't have a good answer to the why. They ask their parents, why should I go to a good college? Why should I grind to work hard? And so a lot of times the answer to why for certain students is very different. So I know one student that's really worldly and kind of loves to see and wants to do world travel. And so in one way, you can effectively have a logical argument with them there about how we live in a world where, what, 7.8 billion people in this world exist currently. And how many of those 7.8 billion actually have food, water, social mobility, security, education, all those factors. And you can try to compel them in a moral standpoint, and you can give them the philosophical argument that they've been craving for, that they don't get from parents. Mm -hmm. Other times, it has nothing to do with philosophy. It has instead to do with monetary senses of what they want to have in the future. They want to have a million-dollar home. A stable job. and so then, Yeah, a stable job. And so then we have to work our way backwards from that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: every student's going to be different, and I think it's the parent's responsibility to have the patience and
3: the broad understanding, open-mindedness to have that conversation. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Love it. Richard? Yeah,
3: I, I agree with all that. I think a lot of the students that I work with, though, know that college is the end goal. They they want to go to college, and they know that, you know, that's, that's why they're here with us at AM. Um, so I think... When I am working with a student who's like finding themselves to be a little unmotivated or is procrastinating a lot, not studying as much as they they know they should be for their tests and things like that, um, I kind of remind them, you know, what all of this is for, Mm -hmm. which is to get into these colleges. and, And oftentimes it's as simple as just kind of laying out like look, you don't want to study for your classes right now or you end up with a B in these three classes. Well, let me show you which colleges you're most likely going to get Oof. accepted to. What are your target well, so, schools so as of right now? That's interesting you said that. Yeah.
2: So that's, that's your extrinsic motivator. That is a very extrinsic right? motivator. It's yeah. really not. So the, the process of intrinsic growth mm-hmm. is to go to the college, to grow even further, to get a good job and yeah. like what those intangibles are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but that's
3: interesting how you're doing it with the college as the yeah. iPhone. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because <laughs> and that, you, that's awesome. You know, and then we have. I have students. I I worked with a student recently who said um I don't want to do these summer programs like I how important is this really like I I don't want to do these internships over the summer and then uh, I mean I can't make him apply for these and I can't make him go even if he gets accepted but at the very least I can tell him okay well if you don't do anything just be aware you're competing against students who are taking advantage of so many opportunities available to them and they will have a better shot of getting accepted to these schools so if you're okay with getting into xyz college which may be you know less prestigious or you know on a lower tier than these other schools then go for it. Yeah. don't do this don't do these things. that's fine <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I want I I <laughs> just kind of the way it is I want so yeah, to counter you Vincent I want to
1: that's a little passive aggressive. I, I think it could work for some students, right uh, Maybe I'm being too fluffy cakes here and I'm saying the first fluffy step cakes. the <laughs> first step should be to be like, Look how fun this summer program is. What? You get to build that? You get to meet these kinds of people.
3: And then I guess for students that are more jaded by that aspect. I should clarify I'm not saying I do this for every everyone. Everyone, yeah, right? yeah, 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 And most of my students, I feel like, are fine. <laughs> they with, do, yeah. yeah they yeah. want to do these summer yeah, programs. They yeah. come to me and they're like, I know I need to be applying for these things. I need I need to do an internship yeah, to help me yeah, find yeah. one. Yeah. But for those students who are like already are unmotivated, yeah, yeah. Yeah. then yeah, I feel like it's good to show them, like, oh, look how great this yeah, program is. Yeah, I'd say yeah. in
1: my experience, maybe about 80% of the time I'm a student comes to me who's like disinterested in doing anything towards their educational future uh let's say summer programs they don't want to apply to anything 80 percent of time we just need someone to hype it someone you just need a you hype, hype man, man yeah to hype it up like dude this summer program is balling because you get to do this and this and this. <laughs> you get awoke from but that they, but, then you get woke. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're
2: setting themselves up when they step on campus like, what what was, jay, what was jay talking about so <laughs>
1: just, i'm hoping that, that doesn't sucks. happen so obviously we would recommend summer programs that we vet and yeah, yeah, yeah. think are gonna really deliver these, a lot of these
3: programs look so fun though like they bell do. you go to alaska or rhode <laughs> island and you just go on <laughs> the forest yeah, and but how look much at animals? how much of that do you
1: think is we lost our touch with being students and we're just well that's the now. thing so so we, we can
3: we can look at it with <laughs> retrospection old,
2: yeah retrospection is a big thing that you don't take into account as a student and we can give that everything yeah, yeah so that's what we give that and
1: convey that to yeah. the students so yeah
2: and I'm glad you guys are talking about summer programs plural because yeah. there used to be a time where parents thought that you can only go to this one or two or three summer programs mm-hmm. and that's where like I look at my three kids and they're also different and they're gonna go to different programs yeah, and they're yeah. in, in, if they're passionate about something whether it's athletics or sports or robotics or science or whatever it is, I think if you're if you're in those kind of programs that are aligned to your your passions yeah. then i think you're going to it's going to work with, work for you yeah. Then it doesn't take a lot of convincing it doesn't take a lot I of I think that's that's thing, probably
0: you know? what we want to talk about next is like how do i find my passion right like i think a lot of high schools are lost in this space of i don't know what i want to do and i don't know what my passion is and parents tell me this all the time they're like i don't know what she wants to do she wants to do everything or she wants to do nothing mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll save that for another time but anyway thank you guys thank you for uh, answering the questions and for all of our listeners who sent us mailbag questions what, no um, more mailbags for today that's that's the rest of our mailbag
2: okay. maybe we can do another episode. Um, on but mailbags. yeah if
0: you guys have more questions please email us at the hall pass podcast at gmail.com um, if you missed any of our episodes we actually had a little bit of technical issue with iTunes but we're gonna s- resolve that and it should be on iTunes I want to thank our sponsors the admission masters again if you guys have questions such as these or just need a mentor someone to help you and guide you through the high school process uh, feel free to give the admission masters a call uh, and uh, find out what you can get support with uh, thank you all for listening to season four episode three we're hoping that we will have a guest speaker next but if not we'll have something amazing for you guys next um tune in uh and again please send us emails at the hall at gmail.com and visit our website at www.thehallpasspodcast.com all right. Thank you, everyone. Bye.
1: See you